This week's sponsor of Sleeping with the Elephant is Trump Tower Live. I don't know why I just said that, because no one should literally watch that. It's terrible. Please don't stop listening to this and go listen to that filth. Uh, I'm not biased. If these policies, in many instances, either reflect or take into account the proximity of the United States, living next to you is in some ways like keeping with an elephant. No matter how friendly or even tempered is the beast, I can call it that, one is affected by every twitch and grunt. It's October 25th, 2016, and welcome to episode 107 of the Sleeping with the Elephant podcast, where we put the you in color commentary. This is the show where we uh, pit Americans and Canadians against each other, just to find out what the hell's going on. We feel like conflict, I've learned a lot from this election season, conflict is the way to go. Let's do it, let's butt heads, let's hump chairs, let's weirdly look at each other as we talk to strangers, it's going to be great. Uh, speaking of which, I am joined by a stranger to this show, but not necessarily a stranger to listening to this show. Uh, Jim Wazinski has joined us. Uh, I always get tweets. It's my favorite quarterly podcast. Well, guess what, Jim? You're making it so this podcast comes out semi-regularly. How does that make you feel? Feels great. And it's actually been monthly for a while now. It's been pretty impressive. I know. I've been trying. I've been uh, really pushing for it. You know, it's it's tough to get Americans on the show, considering as you <laughs> as you texted me and saw that majority of the news is Trump related. And when you search, okay, let's throw Canada in there at least. We're primarily just obsessed with the fact that you guys are struggling so hard this season, and it's uh, it's very un-Canadian of us. Uh, although we did slip in a few Canadian uh, Canadian stories, but I did want to say, uh, Jim, you may know him as Jimmy the Shovel. Uh, he's a he's been around the gamers in for quite a while. I'd say even close to the very beginning uh, of the gamers. Uh, in. Not quite. It's actually just about hit. Actually, yeah, it's been two years since I started listening. Oh wow! Okay, and so just yeah. under two years since I started showing up in your chat. Nice. Well, you know, it feels it feels like a good amount of time, and I, I appreciate your support. And I wanted to to get you on here because I know you have. You have you're, you're just smarter than me. I'm gonna just throw it out there. Like he, I don't know about that. He throws some things out, and I'm like, I never thought about that. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, but uh, he's also a resident thumper expert. Who he got me into that game, and I gotta <laughs> say, I'm gonna talk about it on this week's Gamers In. I'm gonna inject it because I know we uh, brought it up on the Patreon hangout, and uh, and uh, Jocelyn wasn't feeling it as a rhythm game. But I I think it's best described as an endless runner. I mean, that's yeah, the way I, I see it. I didn't think about it until you mention that term for it but that is essentially what it is mm-hmm. I, I only think of those as like you know those mobile games which are usually kind of crappy yeah they they get old pretty quick but i feel like thumper kind of i'm always itching to get to the next level because i want to see what mechanic they add and yeah. uh i gotta say around halfway through level four this is a bit of a preview of of tomorrow's episode but halfway through level four it just the difficulty ratchets up you would think they would start ratcheting it up at like the beginning of a level, but no, it's like level four halfway through. It's like, yeah, we're going to just feed you these levels fast and furious and uh, just making you turn and twist. And I oh, man, I don't know. I'm really enjoying it and I, I can't wait to try it in VR. I feel like that'll be a trip. Yeah, I'd love to be able to do that someday. Mm-hmm. Once um, VR gets cheap. 
Yeah, well, I, I think we'll get there, and I think your best option right now in terms of uh, funds is the, although not maybe not for you, you'd have to purchase the PS4 as well, but the uh, PSVR, PSVR also seems to have the most experiences out there that you can enjoy. Uh, I have an Oculus Rift here. I've played around and s- kind of seen what games are out there. There isn't really that, you know, highlighted game. It's just a lot of little tidbits that are overpriced because no one wants to develop for 140 people. Um, <laughs> anyways, that, that is true. yeah, it, it's one of the biggest concerns that I think developers have when developing for these. These uh, It's the same reason the Wii U doesn't have a lot of third-party support. It's uh, There are only 140 of them out there in the wild. <laughs> And we own two. Uh, yes. but, but that's enough of a preview of Gamers In. Uh, you can catch that this week as well as we as we enter into the week of Extra Life. But we'll talk about a little bit more about that at the end of the show. But we want to talk about some Canadian and American news. And that's why we brought Jimmy on. That's why we do this show. This isn't just going to be the Gamers In light. We're going to talk about some news. So first up in the news, uh, we have uh, an interesting story. So, Jim... I don't know how much you know about Canada, but we have a, a little bit of a situation with Canadians throwing food at our leaders. Uh, multiple prime ministers have been bombarded with pie. Uh, that has happened. Oh, really? Yeah, a few times in my lifetime. <laughs> uh, usually cream, cream pie, some variety of that. Uh, the RNCMP always ends up questioning them because that's just, we have to take it seriously. Every threat is a threat, no matter how delicious. Um, so... This week, we had a story, very Halloween-themed. A woman was throwing pumpkin seeds at Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, just outside of Toronto in Hamilton, uh, and he, and she was detained for questioning after being tackled to the ground by security. Uh, how does that make you feel, Jim, that we are, we are pressing our citizens that are using pumpkin seeds to voice their opinions? I'd say it's an interesting contrast with the U.S., where I don't think anybody here would even think of throwing something at the president just because of the pretty much extreme violence of the reaction from the Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Around here, things like that are taken extremely seriously. While in Canada, it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to arrest you, going to talk to you. The article even says they're not even sure if they're actually going to press charges about it, which to, the, to an American point of view sounds crazy. Yeah, and, and you'd wonder, so basically, he was leaving City Hall in Hamilton, uh, meeting with the mayor, and the woman hurled the seeds at him, shouting, keep your promises. That seems to be a theme this week. I've heard a couple stories about people sort of protesting our prime minister, who's only been in power for a year, and, uh, you know, it's pretty tough to get things done in the first year, like major changes where, you know, especially when you're running an election, you're running an election to prove that you can run the country for four years. And uh, I think if you start throwing the towel after the first year, no matter what your party affiliation, if this was a conservative government we were talking about, I would say the same exact thing. I would defend them. And I would say, look, it's a four-year job. Give them at least two years to kind of start working. Um, But it's you're right. It's very interesting that other countries would see this as like, first of all, someone wouldn't even get close enough uh, with, with that sort of like, you know, I don't know, quote unquote, weapon to throw at the prime minister. But it's happened a few times where our, I wouldn't say our security is lax, but it's certainly, uh, the prime minister has a lot of times where he's surrounded by just normal folk. Uh, And this is one of those instances where I think someone just got a little too close. uh, And I think they were protesting pipelines, like oil pipelines. 
maybe that's what it yeah. was. But yeah, uh, um, we're actually having an issue with that ourselves, and I think South Dakota, mm-hmm. a lot of protests over a pipeline that's being built or is trying. I don't know if it's being built or if they're talking about building it or what. But I had something to say about the. Oh yeah, on the subject of um, you know, keep your promises and stuff. That's really one of the weird things about um, presidential or you know, in your case, prime minister's elections, mm-hmm. is that of course you, you have to make all these big promises when they're running for president or prime minister, because that's what people want to hear. They want to hear what you're going to do, and then when they get in the power, it's like, well, got to deal with Congress or Parliament. Mm-hmm. It's not so easy to actually force through anything, especially if you have a divided government where the other party is generally not going to be too interested in going along with, you know, whatever you want to do. It's something that's a constant problem. This is a, it was a huge problem for President Obama after the first two years. Mm-hmm. It's like he had a slim majority in Congress the first two years, then it switched over, and since then it's just been pretty much a deadlock. And he's, you know, gotten some things through, like the Affordable Care Act, but even that was like gutted from what he actually intended it to be mm-hmm. and I mean, that's just always going to happen you know they, they have to make the big promises and it's it, it's just impossible to actually live up to all the things that are promised it happened with obama it's happening with trudeau it's going to happen and with either clinton or trump whichever of them gets elected whatever they promise they're not going to be able to live up to it yeah it's just it's normal politics and again if that leader was able to push everything through in the first year no matter which country no matter which party some would see that uh as as not democracy and i'm not making light of democracy it's just that you know when you involve a good amount of people that represent the greater amount of people in your country you have to take time to enact these changes especially when they're sweeping changes like some of the changes are kind of like ah you know we'll raise minimum wage but other changes are like, yeah, we're going to, you know, uh, start doing carbon uh, pricing and lots of different things. Uh, electoral, electoral reform and uh, I don't even know why they're harshing them on that because honestly, like, we don't really need it for another three years because <laughs> he's got a majority <laughs> government. So I don't know. I, I, I've never understood people who protest like those sort of like i understand why people protest it's important to get your voice out there but there's a way to do it that doesn't involve possibly adding to your record like you're gonna get you know get uh, you know assaulted prime minister with pumpkin seeds on your record permanent record you'll never get a job you know and it's kind of just a stupid mistake and i mean if you're protesting a pipeline like there's nothing wrong with that and it shouldn't affect you for the rest of your life but you've you've done something that will cause that and i don't know i mean yeah, yeah there's a there's a line you can't cross with the protest either physically like that or even just some of the things you say because anytime you hear people opposing things they often want to be very like often negative about the character of the person who they view as the problem or whatever mm-hmm. and really if you're just hurling insults across the internet or whatever or in person you're not accomplishing anything because nobody's actually going to listen to you if you're being a jackass yeah no it's true yeah, exactly. And and I'm not one of those folks that subscribes to uh, either podcasts or radio stations, TV, movie, whatever, where someone's acting like a jackass and that's their stick, you know? Like, that's what gets people to watch their stuff. And, like, I know there's an, a market for that. and people, Sadly, it's a very large market. Yeah, and that's the unfortunate part. And usually I just don't surround people with around me with those types of folks. But, you know, we all have our... 
are things that we enjoy that other people don't. But I find when it's super negative, it just it. No matter how much of a positive person you are, it seeps into your personality, and and yep. you, you you know it just it's it's icky, which is a a super. Uh, <laughs> I have a child way of describing something that I don't like, <laughs> um, but no, I I think uh, she'll be fine. And you're right, like it's kind of odd here in Canada that she probably won't have charges pressed against her. It'll probably just be like, don't do that again, eh? And uh, <laughs> you know she'll get a stern talking to. Only because, like, you know, I, I don't know. I It's hard to defend someone who's done something so stupid. Bec- but it's also, like, it was just pumpkin seeds. Maybe she learned her lesson. Maybe she'll do some... She should at least do community service, probably. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah it's a essentially a harmless act. I mean, some you have to take very seriously, obviously, because it's the prime minister. But she wasn't actually going to hurt him with unless she had, like, an entire pumpkin with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's not like she threw something that was going to... Unless he was allergic to pumpkin seeds, which, True. you know, that'd be bad. Uh, uh, some, actually, something I'm curious about. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how how strict do you feel your judicial system is as far as, like, sentencing and stuff like that? Um, At least compared to what you know about the U.S. and the way it is here. I mean, we don't have the death penalty in, in any in anywhere in the country. And there has been talks where, you know, oh, that should come back and... I, I, I don't have an opinion on that, but uh, maybe I should form an opinion on it. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. But I know that uh, here in Canada, some would say stuff needs to be stricter, but I find that there are, when, when I do pay attention to that stuff, because I find that stuff very like depressing to, to know what's going on. It's important to know what's going on in your community and know what's going on in your country. But I don't know. Like I find I don't really latch on to that stuff. But I find when I do, when there's something like really crazy happening, that person usually goes away for a long time and the sentence is, is pretty much spot on. Um, we don't have as, I believe we don't have as crazy punishments for st- like harmless crimes, like, you know, possession of, you know, small amounts of marijuana that's been decriminalized. Um, you're allowed to have a certain amount. You know, it's probably good that I don't know these rules very well. People might start asking questions. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but, you know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I really don't know. But I think that... I think we have a good system here, and it's not super, like, super-duper strict where we're throwing everybody in jail. But it's strict enough that when someone does something bad, whether an assault or murder or or uh, sexual assault, stuff like that, like, it's covered wildly in the news, and people are properly sentenced, um, I think, but, again, I don't know. I'm sure people will have opinions on that. Um, but, yeah, people certainly go to jail for long amounts of time for doing things that they shouldn't have done. Uh, what prompted your question, by the way? I'm just curious. Oh, that was actually just kind of a general curiosity. I was just mm-hmm. thinking about this woman possibly not even getting charged with a crime for this. Mm-hmm. You know, just The U.S., of course, famously or infamously, I guess, has an extremely large prison population compared to just about every other country in the world. And like you said, many of it's for fairly harmless or at least mostly harmless crimes where just locking them away essentially does more harm than good. Yeah. And that's something I would certainly like to see change. And I, th- I know Obama's done a little bit um, on that front. He's pardoned a lot of like nonviolent drug offenders, I believe. People who, like you said, just possessing small amounts of marijuana, stuff like that. And there was certainly a movement in the country to at least try to lighten up on that stuff a bit. Mm-hmm. 
Um, unfortunately, there's also a pretty strong movement in the opposite direction about tightening down on that, but the overall mood of the country definitely seems to be more towards, you know, let's not imprison so many people. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think here, like a good step, I remember a story sort of told on the election campaign that uh, Trudeau told when it came to marijuana and came to decriminalizing marijuana, and they're actually moving forward with it, and they're trying to they had announced on, <laughs> it's almost like they want to be a meme, but on April 20th, that on <laughs> April 20th next year, they would be uh, legalizing marijuana and you'd be able to buy it in places that, similar to our beer stores, where our liquor is, is sold. Actually, that they're, you know, they're uh, loosening up on that as well. But before, you would only be able to buy alcohol in specific stores, which were beer stores or LCBOs, which is the Liquor Control Board. And um, they're looking to decriminalize marijuana. And his story was basically like two stories. One, when I was on the campaign trail, yes, I smoked marijuana alongside my friends at my home, at my own comfort. No one was injured. No one drove. It was We were responsible adults. This is a, an elected official who then became prime minister saying that in the last like so many years he had done marijuana. It's like to us, that's like, that's wow, cool, whatever. It happened. It didn't change him. And he didn't go steal VCRs after that. Like, it's, it's not a big deal. <laughs> uh, but he told a story about his brother who, you know, years ago, uh, before he had actually passed away, was pulled over in BC for possession and, and arrested. And that was on his record f- still in, until he, he unfortunately passed. But, like, that's something he wants to avoid. He wants people who just have this stuff and are enjoying it responsibly don't have to worry about ruining their lives when they're making a responsible adult decision, right? So of course, like people still need to be per- like you know put in jail if if they're doing something bad. You know they're not going to allow people to sell it on the corners. That's not what legalization means. You're still going to have to purchase it at specific spots. Um, but it's it's interesting. Um, but yeah, I think they're they're sort of they're being more lenient on that. But I think that. Uh, when things happen, when bad things happen, bad people, you know, usually go to jail. I don't know. I'll be honest. I'm talking about an ass with this stuff because I really don't know a whole <laughs> lot about it. So you, but you should know that when a grown adult says when bad people do bad things, they go to jail. Yeah. I'm going to be tapped out at like age five for Caden. That he's like, you're going to have to go to Wikipedia, buddy, because I am tapped out for telling you <laughs> about the jail system. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know if we suffer from overcrowding, but I know that I'll our prison yeah our, yeah well I know our prison population is not like by it's by any means not perfect. Um, it's 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 something it's a shitty thing that a country will have to manage because there are always going to be people who need help. But I think we have more of the, of the social programs to help people who are suffering from drugs. Facts to back it up. This is just like my public perception, but uh, I feel like that's the case you know we have more of that support around like even locally in my town like there are many shelters there are many food banks there are many methadone clinics there are many like drug related help centers it's just i don't know it's just more in my face i guess like the help uh but again i could be completely wrong i don't know so yeah, i don't think there's as strong of a help system in the u.s there is some, I actually know a couple of people that both have jobs that, um, at, I don't know if they're exactly halfway houses, but essentially the stuff they've done now or in the past where it's, um, counseling for people that have been in prison for drug related offenses, stuff like that. 
I believe it's at least some of it is government sponsored, if not all of it. Mm-hmm. So there is something there. But yeah, uh, I did look up the prison population. Mm-hmm. Um, per one hundred thousand people, Canada is has one hundred fourteen. That is eighty fourth in the world. Wow, eighty fourth lowest. That is the U.S. is the second highest at six hundred ninety three. Wow, what's the biggest? Seychelles, which I never even heard of, at seven ninety nine. Wow, it is a a small country in the Indian Ocean off the coast of Africa. Apparently, I've never heard of it. They got a lot of people in jail. All right, well, yeah, um, only ninety two thousand. So, <laughs> out, of, well, out of so yeah. But anyway, per capita, I guess is is how they've sort of figured yes. that out. But uh, yeah, speaking of prisons, uh, let's talk about uh, Trump. Let's talk about Trump. We're we're in a prison because all we can talk about is Trump. We went one story without talking about him. Now we're going to talk about him for the rest of the show. So bear with us. This will all be over in a couple weeks. I want to see this more as a support system for Americans. We're here to help. There's actually, uh, now that I think about it, there was a great hashtag going out. It's like, you know, things we love about America or America is great already. Something Canadians had started to remind Americans that your country is still fantastic and does not need to be made a great again because it's already a great you know like uh so just fine down here yeah you know what my nana goes to florida every uh year you know what she told me she said like you know what if i die in florida it's not a big deal because we're happy there and i'm like geez that's dark but still (laughs) fantastic to hear that you love that country that much uh she's fine everybody but uh it was just one of those conversations that old people sometimes roll into um Anyways, let's talk about Trump. He has already started to talk about his first 100 days in office, which is kind of scary that he's he still thinks he's going to win. Uh, and everywhere I look at the liberal media, uh, I see that it is a 3% chance that Trump will win, which seems pretty slim pickings, if you ask me. Uh, but one yeah, thing he doesn't he, have much of a shot. But no. I mean, he does have to at least act like it or else he's essentially giving up. So this is normal that he's going to continue to essentially pretend that he is going to win talk about his plans all that stuff yeah exactly that no that is a very good point because again if he says he will not concede right so if he's not going to concede he's going to go right until election day and maybe this goes down as the worst sort of landslide in presidential history which i would love i would love if 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 there's any sort of uh silver lining to the fact that we've had to deal with this for the last year and a half it's that he's his name would go down as the worst failure in history. And let's not forget that in the last 10 years previous to this, we had Sarah Palin uh, as vice president. So uh, vice president nominee. But uh, yeah, so in his first 100 days, he says he's going to sue everybody. Uh, that shouldn't really surprise anyone, should it, Jim? Oh, no. He's been talking about suing various people like the New York Times for releasing those partial tax tax returns and such and plus he's just a blowhard that's going to say all kinds of crap and never actually follow through with it Mm -hmm. yeah he uh he also said that he wants to weaken u.s media power structure (laughs) which yes by doing things he doesn't even have the power to do yeah so stopping deals uh now now that being said like like these deals that are going through like couldn't anti-competition law kind of keep these things from happening Oh, absolutely. They're going to have to go through regulation by the, I guess, the SEC, maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Securities and Exchange Commission that regulates um, antitrust laws, stuff like that. And also because there's media stuff, the FCC is usually involved. But those are, you know, government departments. I don't even know how much power he has in selecting people for it. I assume he must appoint the heads of them. Though they might, I don't know like anything about those departments and how they work. So I'm not sure how much power he even has to put people that he wants in charge of them. Mm-hmm. But the president himself does not actually have any power to say, no, you can't make this deal. Yeah, because that would be that would be a bad thing. You don't want the president having that kind of power because then they could just you know, you know it's con- it's you know the whole checks and balances, concentrating too much power in one person kind of thing. Yeah, it, it's definitely that seems to be a cornerstone of the American political system to like not you know to have one man at the top, but not enough power, you know, absolute power, but just power enough to run a country, but not enough power that he can run the country. And uh, it's just, it's really interesting for him to say these things. You're right, like, he has to sort of hold face. And I think the way to hold face with the type of supporters that have rallied around him is the extremism that he's saying. Like, I'm going to sue all those people that are lying to me for slander. I'm going to dismantle the U.S. media power structure. Uh, He said uh, he's got six measures to clean up and special interest collusion in Washington. Uh, These should be good. (laughs) constitutional amendment to impose term limits on all members of congress i actually agree with that yeah i think there should be term limits at pretty much all levels of government Mm -hmm. especially if they keep getting in uh we don't have any sort of ruling like that where the prime minister tech now the country usually takes care of that like the prime minister could technically run or let's say trudeau he could run for as long as he wants and keep getting reelected now the chances of that happening are pretty slim to none because eventually a country just like you know needs change and and you know that party runs out of steam and they have someone else because nothing lasts forever i mean he's a young guy but uh, it's probably not going to take long for someone of the other parties to sort of rise up but i has agree anybody, with you. has anybody, anybody ever tried to run for a third term as prime minister uh yes i believe uh there's definitely been a few i think I, again, I don't know for certain. I'm sure if we looked it up, we, we would find out. But I'm pretty sure um, Jean Crochet ran for three terms. Now, three terms doesn't necessarily mean 12 years. It could be a minority government. I'm pretty sure Stephen Harper was, was three terms because he did he had a minority government then got reelected twice. Uh, but uh, let me see here. Let me look it up. I think it was Stephen Harper. But yeah, it's not a rule. And it's not even like a steadfast sort of like... Uh, uh, I don't want to say rule, but sort of like unwritten rule, because I guess before you guys made an amendment, it was sort of like an unwritten, like, oh, I, you know, I did two terms and I'm going to back out. Uh, yes, uh, George Washington decided that eight years was enough in power, and every president after him followed that um, until Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who got elected for four terms, after which they changed the law so that you couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. Which now, I think is definitely a good thing. That was World War II, though, wasn't it, Roosevelt? Yes. Yeah, so that, that kind of makes sense. And I believe that might have also happened here. I, a, a change in power during a, a war like that would be pretty catastrophic. But uh, Yeah, I don't, I don't... I mean, even though I agree with term limits, I don't actually find it a bad thing that he was able to keep running because that was such a huge conflict and having a change of leadership in the middle of it could have been a real problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially with his, the allies and all that. It's funny, I'm actually uh, playing Battlefield 1, which is World War One, and then Civ 6, which has 
like Teddy Roosevelt. So I'm kind of getting, and I know I'm mixing these all up and we got schooled on Gamers End about which Roosevelt it was and kind of made fun <laughs> of us for not knowing which one it was. And it's like, hey guys, we're Canadians. It's not our fault. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, the next one he puts in here, hiring freeze on all federal employees to reduce that workforce force through attrition, exempting jobs in the military, public safety, and public health. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Stupid. That's just like, that's just saying, okay, and, and we kind of went through something like this where it wasn't a hiring, f- we, it wasn't a hiring freeze, but it was more a clean house type situation where the budget came in and we had to reduce by a certain amount across all federal government, regu- you know, agencies and, and all that fun stuff. And all, uh, a lot of federal employees were impacted, including, you know, military. And, uh, it was, it was not seen as a success it was not seen as a failure, but just kind of just a shitty time. And <laughs> I feel like a hiring freeze would be less likely to uh, cause issues until you start having people with traditional knowledge that are retiring and then they're not refilling that position. And then, like, what happens, right? Um, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't entirely think everything about it's a bad idea. Um, and for one thing, exempting stuff like public safety and public health is a good thing. And I'm, I mean, there certainly is an argument that plenty of people will make that we have to reduce the size of the federal government and such. You know, some people agree, some people disagree. I just think that saying hiring freeze on all federal employees, just this blanket statement, is just stupid and unrealistic because what if people in key positions leave? Or like too many people in one department leave? It's like, do you keep a hiring freeze going? Or do you say, okay, we will make an exception for this. Then you have all these arguments about, should we make exceptions for this too, and this, and this, and this? I just don't like blanket statements in general. Mm-hmm. And certainly the better thing would be to essentially let retirements take care of it, certainly. And then, then you can, you know, over time decide, okay, we don't actually need to fill this position again. This can be cut to save money, stuff like that. So if he wants to, you know, he or some other president wants to do something like that, then okay, fine. I just think you have to actually be smart about it. And just a blanket hiring free saying, we're not hiring anybody else. I just think that's a really bad way to go about it. And it's a very Trumpian thing. Yeah. It's like a simple solution to something that's not simple at all. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a very Trump thing to say, blanket statement, plan later, you know. And... I, do we think he'll actually put a hiring freeze like right away? No, because he has to go through all those steps and uh, it'll probably get watered down where it's like, okay, it's now not a hiring freeze, but a plan that involves cutting specific segments of the government, which, you know, is usually what happens when someone gets in. They feel like something needs to be cut down, something needs to be built up. It happens. Um, requirement that for every new federal regulation, two existing re- regulations must be eliminated. <laughs> what the hell? That's like, oh, you can't God. have this toy until I take these two toys away. Uh, that hardly works on my uh, toddler. Like, this is, uh, or my baby, I guess. He's still not a year, but this is ridiculous. And again, another one of those blanket statements, not actually a plan. This is my favorite one of these things on this list by far because it's so ridiculous. It's just, like, like, arbitrary. I mean, yeah, I mean, for one thing, most of these regulations are in there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, of course, many people argue that there's too many of them. But still, if you're going to do that, you don't just say that if we introduce a new one, we have to take out two more. 
you just you start to go over everything, you know, line by line, try to decide actually what needs to be kept, what needs to be gotten rid of. Just saying that if you need to put this new regulation in place, you have to get rid of two more right away. It's stupid. Mm. Then you're just going to be like cutting regulations just for the sake of cutting regulations, which would probably make about 30% of the country happy. But it's a really stupid way to govern. Yeah, it's um, and then like, how do you decide which ones you eliminate? Do they have to be in the same sort of segment of government for them to exist? Like, it's weird. And uh, they they kind of get more paranoid as we go on. Five year ban on White Ho- White House and Congre- congressional officials becoming lobbyists after they leave government service. Uh, that's an interesting one. That's very like House of Cards. Uh, lifetime ban on White House officials lobbying on behalf of a foreign government. I think, yeah, that's probably, uh, I don't know. That seems like, I don't know. That one's tough. I'd hear, I'd have to hear examples for this. Or no, sorry, for, uh, examples against this to know whether it's a good one or a bad one. It feels like having a foreign government lobby against your, that seems weird. It's, both of these are a little odd because I'm not even sure, like, how do you exactly enforce them? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to define exactly what's lobbying, what's not. There's going to be loopholes all over the place. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I you... agree that it is a problem that you get all these people with all that were in government, have all these connections. They go and become lobbyists. So they get paid to influence government. And they know all these people inside. And that just adds to the layers of you know, like the old boys network, the corruption and such. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I agree that something it'd be great if something could be done about that but i just don't know if this is actually workable yeah it's just but, it, it's, but it as goes, far as as far as trump proposal goes it's not that bad it actually has some sort of thought behind it yeah but it's very cold war era where it's like we know you're working for the ruskies therefore you're going in jail you know he's not saying like jail he's just saying lifetime ban from I don't know, being a, a lobbyist, I guess. Yeah. Uh, How do you enforce that, though? I don't know. It's kind of, it's ridiculous. Like, oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, and then finally, a complete ban on foreign lobbyists raising money for American elections. That's a very paranoid one. Um, I'm sure there are some countries that are that are donating money in some fashion. I don't know. Let's ask WikiLeaks. Yeah. I don't <laughs> know. I don't know enough about this specific subject to really comment on it, whether it's an issue or not. I know that foreigners cannot actually donate money to American elections. I'm guessing that I mean, I guess that people from other countries can essentially participate in like campaign fundraising somehow and that's what he's trying to get rid of, I guess. Yeah. But which I don't know. It's tough, and you know what? All the, no- money's, all the money's supposed to come from the from America anyway. So really, who cares who's actually encouraging you to donate it? Yeah, and honestly, like this is not even gonna come to pass. Like he he's not gonna get elected. We are we are fairly certain of that. Uh, so yeah. we again, um, if we don't end up recording another episode for uh, at least two weeks, then we are looking at a Trump free uh, maybe one couple more episodes where we talk about Trump. But eventually, he's got to go away, right? Right? Well, no. No. All right. I do want to bring up something you brought up at the beginning of this article mm-hmm. about him like having the largest defeat in history. I just want to say that, unfortunately, there is no way that's going to even be close to that. Why? What was the... What's the, the largest? Well, the largest defeat in 
history is 26.17% of popular vote margin. Uh, Warren Harding defeating James Cox in 1920. Oh. Um, and then you go, even the 10th biggest one was 17.41%. It's just that the country, the way our presidential elections are now, with it being so partisan and so divided, there's just no way that these huge margins of victory can happen anymore. Because it's always going to be, even as bad of a candidate as Trump is, as many Republicans have come out against him, he's still going to get, at least in like the mid-30s of vote, at the mm-hmm. very worst. And Hillary's going to get, if he got, say, 35, she'd probably still get, let's see, at least eh, 55 right? at most. And that's, that's an extreme example. That's not going to be um, that far apart. Right. So and also the electoral map, it, um, he's just going to win a lot of states and get well over hundred electoral votes no matter what. Hmm. As opposed to some previous elections where sometimes one candidate only won like a single state. <laughs> I think that actually I think that happened recently with like Reagan. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Nineteen eighty four. Yeah, I believe that was the one where M- Walter Mondale only won a single state. It was his home state of like Minnesota or something like that. Oh wow, it's yeah. it's interesting, and you're right. Like it, you kind of hope it's like the worst in history, but um, you're right. There are probably other eras of history where uh, you didn't have the media frenzy, like whipping people into shape to actually vote. And you're right. Like you're still gonna have those folks that even if they hate Trump, they still cannot see them voting for. A Democrat, let alone Hillary Clinton, and I, and yeah, I see I mean, that as a as an argument out there a lot, and it kind of makes me feel weird. Yeah, and we we shouldn't forget that Hillary Clinton also has very high unfavorability ratings. She yeah. would actually, I believe, be the most popular unpopular presidential candidate in history if it wasn't for Trump. And that's kind of weird. Like the only way Hillary could get elected was to face off against someone so vile, and it's just it's really unfortunate for what will definitely be the first female president of the United States, which I think is awesome. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure people were just hoping Michelle Obama would run. <laughs> but uh, she's awesome. But uh, let's lighten things up a bit and take a look at Stephen Colbert, who has uh, decided to flee the coop. He's going to go to Canada. He's applied for his citizenship. Uh, but no matter how many Gordon Lightfoot songs he knows, it's not going to be enough to get him into this country, uh, at least citizenship. He can come visit, supposedly, just not stay. Well, shouldn't the fact that his name sounds French, last name sounds French-Canadian, be a point in his favor? It should be, but he did play a, a right-wing Republican on TV for, like, gosh, I don't know how many years. Uh, <laughs> I believe an eagle was perched on his shoulder for a majority of those seasons. But uh, it's it's interesting. I usually don't, as a Canadian, I usually don't appreciate, like, the try-hard, I'm-being-funny Canadian, hey, hockey Tim Hortons stuff. Uh, but, you know, it was the Gordon Lightfoot stuff that kind of, like, made me think, oh, okay, that that was pretty good. <laughs> How we kept interrupting uh, the, the lawyer. This is a very audio, very visual uh, gag. I just wanted to bring it up because, again, like, I, I really appreciate sort of the Canadian nods that we're getting, uh, even if it is from something kind of unfortunate to be happening in in the states uh but yeah it's a as a citizenship test it wasn't a citizenship test he was trying to test him on what he may have to have when he applies for citizenship and they're pretty simple questions 
Uh, not that I can remember any of them uh, <laughs> from the video. Uh, it was like um, asking what the three branches of government are, um, the two Canadian symbols. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't even know the other one besides the maple leaf. Oh, beaver. Oh. And you I think you think that's very uh, – uh, or a moose – and I could be wrong. I'm a Canadian, but those are the things I think of. Like, what's on the money? The queen, she wouldn't be a symbol. But, you know, the maple leaf for sure. Uh, you know, the beaver, the moose. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that pops into my head. Uh, the loon. Uh, the Canadian goose. Oh, yeah. The loony. The loony, yeah. So there's a lot of stuff. It's a great video. Check it out. And, again, I think we're going to be seeing more of these. My, my favorite still was when they had Mike Myers on uh, – on the HBO uh, show with that British dude, that was that was oh, probably the John best. John Oliver. Yeah, I like that. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's wrap this up. I, I didn't realize how how visual that was, but let's move on to the sponsor of the week, which is Trump's new nightly news show, <laughs> Trump Towers Live. Um, uh, this is like the podcast for really angry white people. I I don't know. <laughs> I, I I just don't know. I watched it, and and even the beginning of the video. I watched the start of this little uh, this the, their first one, and it's two white dudes angry at the cameraman for not starting, and the one guy oh, telling him to, to cool down, I'm like cool down, man. It's gonna start soon. Don't worry about it. And he's like itching. He's getting all like upset. And there have been rumors that you know if he fails, he will start like a Trump television station. Right. I do not believe that Trump has any intention of going away. Yeah, no. He's just he's enjoying the media attention for sure, the popularity, having people, you know, so vocally supporting him, and he probably at least believes some of the crap that he's spewing mm-hmm. about making the country quote great again. So I imagine he's going to at least try to like continue to just basically just be a loud voice in the room. So we're going to have to deal with him for who knows how long, just speaking up and yelling crap anytime there's any like even hint of a controversy with Hillary Clinton or the Democrats or even the Republican Party because he's not exactly friendly with them. No. Yeah. He's going to be around making a lot of noise. Yeah, it's just really odd. And, and I mean, it, it feels weird judging someone for launching their own sort of network for content when that's something that i've done with other folks you know friends of both of ours that have have content that we've we've started and and you know might seem not controversial but just like against other people's views like i do a zombie show a lot of people don't like zombies they don't vehemently hate zombies but they just dislike the fact that they like to eat other people that's pretty upsetting uh (laughs) but uh this this is just it's like why would anyone want concentrated, unfiltered Trump? And the first episode is like an hour and a half because it's his rally. I didn't even know he had nightly rallies. See, these are the things that I didn't need to know because no one needs to know that he's traveling different places to talk nightly. Is Clinton doing that? Like, is that something that, that is happening right now? She's not holding as many. Mm-hmm. Um, Trump has just always been all about the rallies, the public appearances and such. I'm not sure how many Clinton's doing. I know that she's out there. Um, various surrogates of her are out there, like Michelle Obama, Barack Obama, Joe Biden, um, her husband, of course, Bill Clinton, yeah. uh, Elizabeth Warren's another big one, Bernie Sanders. 
So Trump is mostly a one-man show, I think. I haven't really heard much of anything outside of Mike Pence as far as people going around the country speaking at rallies for him. I think maybe his, his daughter, Ivanka, has done some of that. But still, it's mostly just Trump going around, doing Trump things, saying Trump stuff on stage. And Most of it very loud, completely inaccurate, <laughs> just stirring up crap for the most part. But the people that attend the rallies love it. It's just really weird. I don't. I, it's like clapping at a, at a at a debate. I just don't get it. I just don't understand it. Like you're not watching a show. You're watching two politicians that could possibly lead your country discuss and trade. Uh, you know, not insults, although this one was mostly insults. Uh, I didn't even watch the third one. I didn't watch the third debate. I think since the last time we recorded, there was a third debate. I didn't watch it. Cause I watched the first two because I kind of got sucked in as like, a, oh, I'll turn it on and see what's going on. And then I just couldn't stop watching. Uh, and with the third one, I was like, I'm not even going to start because I'm just going to get sucked in and I'm going to have to watch it all. And then I'm going to have to be upset about it. Um, you know, so... I watched- most of the second one, which is actually the first time I've ever watched any kind of presidential debate in any mm-hmm. election, it was apparently I got in at the right time because it was right after it was maybe like 15, 20 minutes in, which is apparently after they were done just like yelling the entire time. Oh. But this third one, I tried to watch it a couple of times, tried to turn it on, and within a couple of minutes, it was just I just didn't want to deal with it. It was yeah. just such crap. You're going to have to I mean, deal with it for four years. Yeah. Why would you want to deal with it early? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, usually I avoid the stuff. I mean, Obama is a president, which I happen to like, and he's been around for eight years, and I don't think I've heard him speak even like 75 times, even for like a minute. I just don't watch videos online about it. I don't watch the news carrying speeches like that. Mm -hmm. It's just not something I pay attention to. I mean, I read stuff to keep up with the stuff that's going on, but just like watching debates and political speeches and stuff it's even the good ones are mostly just a bunch of crap yeah no i i agree i i don't normally seek this stuff out i don't watch a lot of videos uh but uh yeah it's just it's it's tough these days this stuff is all in front of us and even our news like when i go to you know i usually get my news just from the google aggregate whatever pops up and a lot of it is trump related even when you get down into the canadian stuff it's still Trump related. I think uh, I'll be glad when all this is over. And I remember when we started the show, we joked like, "Hey, it would be really great to go uh, the four years because we started right after Obama was reelected. Uh, it'd be really great to go the four years and then cover the election live. Wouldn't that be great?" And I, you know, have no intention. To, I don't even know when the election is. It's, I don't really uh, need to know. But two weeks from today. So it is the uh, so two weeks exactly. So oh wow, okay. So it is. Uh, yeah, November 9th or eighth. I mean, that's good. Yeah, by actually by this time, two weeks from tomorrow or two weeks from today, we will probably know the results of the election. Yeah, I'll pay attention to the results. The way but... our polls close at seven, mm-hmm. and they usually results start filtering in pretty soon after they close. So by two hours after the eastern um, eastern time zone polls close, we're going to know like Florida, Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania. And if things go the way the polls have and for Hillary, then we're going to know that she won just from the eastern time zone. Because if Trump loses even two out of Pennsylvania, Ohio, Virginia, and Florida, there's just no chance whatsoever of him winning. Yeah. 
Yeah, it it will be uh, it will be interesting to see, and um, I don't think we're planning to do anything with this show like sort of live for the election. I know I know a lot of people will. I think Twit yeah. or Twit used to do stuff, so I don't know what they're doing. Probably Diamond TV will have something. Uh, oh, I'm sure Justin Robert Young wrong. Justin Robert Young is going to do something. He'll be all over it, probably in a Charmander suit. Uh, so that'll be fantastic. And we'll, <laughs> I we'll, hope so. Yeah, and we'll have a post show. Like we'll talk about it. Like this show isn't going anywhere. I like talking to my my friends about this stuff, and and I like talking to strangers as well. Not that uh, I don't think we've had a stranger on, uh, but uh, <laughs> if you're a stranger, stay away. Stranger danger. Uh, I, it would be really great to hear from someone if you are listening. If you're voting for Trump. I, I don't know how you made it this far because we've been pretty vehement about how we're not. Uh, but if you are listening and and you have opinions on this, I would love to hear them uh, because uh, honestly, it's it's sort of just you know the people I invite on the show are, are friends and you know friends usually have similar opinions on this sort of stuff. So uh, it'd be great to to hear from you. You can send those thoughts to info at sleepingwiththeelephant dot com. But before we go, I did want to highlight something that uh, Jimmy, you said you're going to be around for extra life, correct? Yep, I intend to be there for the entire thing again. Whoa, that'll be great. Honestly, it's one of those things. So Extra Life, we mentioned it last episode, is a 24-hour stream uh, that uh, gamers do across the world in in support of Children's Miracle Network Hospitals everywhere. Uh, for our team, a majority of us are playing for Sick Kids Foundation, uh, where I believe James is playing for a hospital local to him in Bristol, uh, the UK. But... Yeah, so on October 29th, we're going to be playing video games for 24 hours straight, uh, streamed a majority live at twitch.tv slash amovetv, and we have lots of uh, donation incentives. Uh, our goal is about $3,000. We can certainly hit it. I feel confident that we can do that, and I just, uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And you can go to uh, bit.ly slash tgiextralife2016 to donate. Uh, and definitely check out the different rewards we have. Uh, every $500 will be spinning a wheel, a literal, not a literal wheel, but an online wheel filled with donators suggesting ga- suggested games. So we'll be playing random games. And then each time we do that spin, we'll also be doing a raffle for donors to win fabulous games that they can then play themselves. Uh, the breakdown for that is $10 and up gets you an entry into the raffle into the next one. $20 allows you to add a game of your choosing to the wheel. It could be anything you want because we will be playing games with a lot of multiplayer focus, but if you want to inject some fun into that or, or inject some some horror, it is close to Halloween, you can do so with, uh, with that donation level. And if you go to the $50 level, you'll be able to join us on stream and, and uh, the next time we play a game that you want to play. So check that out, bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2016. Jimmy will be there. I will be there. Uh, we'll have other fantastic folks on stream. Jocelyn Moffat of the Angry Chicken. Uh, Matt Kearney of uh, the Rocket League. Uh, <laughs> and James Bartholomew of Initiative Check. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic show. And I believe Josh is going to be joining us as well of the uh-huh. Any Key Gaming Network, which I will, I will throw a bone to that one because uh, I love that. I love that network. It's super cool. But yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Extra Life, October 29th. I hope to see folks in the Twitch chat. We always have a great time, don't we, Jim? Oh, absolutely. It's a lot of fun, especially as it gets towards like 3, 4 in the morning. Everybody starts to get tired. Yeah, it's I I will probably be upset the, the year we get to where I am unable to finish it. You know, because I, I talked to a few people and I was like, you know what, I'm just too old. 
to do the whole 24 hours. And I, I, I think last year we did really well. We, we went through those 24 hours, and by the time 8 o'clock rolled around, it's like, yeah, I have my second, third wind near the end there. I'm good. You know, I'm going to go to bed. But still, like, we nailed it. And I remember some years where I was just, like, dragging myself across the finish line. So I don't know. It can be, it can be a rough thing to do um, due to my sometimes stupid sleeping and staying up late habits. I essentially do, like, a 24-hour day without sleeping um like just for no reason at all because i have to wake up about 5 a.m for work so i do that on a friday sometimes friday night to stay up really late it'll be like oh it's four in the morning i've been up 23 hours mm-hmm. i didn't even have a reason to do it i just am yeah it's it's one of those interesting things where i try not to stay up late on a weeknight but sometimes it's just you know you want to get some stuff done you want to play some games so uh, yep. We'll certainly be doing that on October 29th as we try to raise funds for Sick Kids Foundation and other Children's Miracle Network hospitals around the world. Again, that is bit.ly slash TGI Extra Life 2016. The reason I'm hammering it in is this is the last time you'll hear about it on this show uh, because this is uh, it's this weekend. It'll be the last time you hear it on a lot of shows this week. So strap in, uh, tune in, and donate. We really look forward to seeing you in the chat room. Jim, fantastic episode. Thank you for joining me. Why don't you let the fine folks know where they can find you? Well, thank you for having me, Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Jimmy the Shovel. And every couple months, I might stream something on Twitch at Jim the Shovel. But that's mm-hmm. a rare thing. Mostly just on Twitter. People should and follow course, him and then make him play Shovel Knight. Yeah. I own it. I played it for like 20 minutes. <laughs> wow, that I got counts. kind of bored. Oh. Or I didn't really get bored. I died. And then it's just like, uh, I feel like doing something else right now. I never went back to it. <laughs> like Thumper. Someday, maybe. Well, no, Thumper I can play for a while. Yeah, but. that's true. <laughs> I just meant like in Thumper, you, 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 that's what you could play instead of Shovel Knight. But uh, uh, yeah, that's really cool. I'm glad we were able to get you on here. I know you've been a, a fan for a very long time. Slowly, we are bringing our fans on and dwindling our listening numbers by making them part of the show. But that's what we do. We reward <laughs> awesome people with awesome time on this show so thank you again for joining us uh check him out on twitter and jimmy the shovel this has been sleeping with the elephant again email us your feedback info at sleepingwiththeelephant.com big thanks to alpha geek radio for hosting our show if you're over on the uh, 24 hour uh, archive we're usually on channel three we'll pop up there send feedback slash reviews itunes stitcher wherever you happen to be listening to this lovely uh dual voice coming at you this podcast but uh yeah you can find me on twitter at r murphy and again jimmy at jimmy the shovel thank you jim for joining us thank you everybody for listening yes and have a fantastic week and good luck america you're gonna need it (laughs) bye-bye